Welcome to this week's episode of the Sooners in NFL podcast, where we talk about uh, former Sooner players in the National Football League. Um, this is our week six podcast, I believe, coming on week seven, uh, alongside Jason Batacchio and Tyler Sandoval. I am Nicola. Okay. I am Nicola. <laughs> we are your three hosts for, for today. Uh, Pierce cannot be with us today. Uh, he is uh, attending to uh, other matters. So it is, uh, it is just us three today. Uh, let's get right into uh, our dynamic player of the week. Um, it was kind of a bad week for, for former Sooners. So there's really not many good performances to talk about. We did, we did have one guy play good though. And he is our dynamic player of the week, Kyler Murray. Uh, of course he torched the, my Dallas Cowboys last night. Um, How does it feel, maybe, Nick? Maybe, how does it? It feel? made me. It made, it made me very sad. He went nine for twenty-four passing, one hundred eighty-eight <laughs> yards, two touchdown passes, seventy-five rushing yards, one rushing touchdown on ten uh, carries. Pretty much the only Sooner that had a decent performance. Adrian Peterson got a touchdown, but other than that, he really didn't do much. So Kyle Murray is the obvious choice for dynamic player of the week and probably player of the week in general. Uh, but because of the of the substandard, substandard performances that former seniors put up, we have many letdowns. Uh, we're going to go to Tyler for our first two. Uh, we are going with both Baltimore receivers slash tight ends and Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews only had two catches for 21 yards, had zero catches at halftime, along with Marquise Brown, who also had zero catches at halftime. He did finish with four catches for 57 yards, which led the team, but... We were kind of expecting more for him against a bad Eagles defense. The Ravens were able to hold on to the win, uh, mainly based off of Lamar Jackson's running ability, but hopefully they can get going next week. Yeah, we will talk about more. We will talk more about them later on in the podcast. I think Andrews finished with two catches. Brown finished with four catches. Uh, yeah, not, not a good week for them. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about their struggles, and we're going to talk about them more in this episode. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Jason for our final letdown player of the week, and I'm sure y'all can guess who this one is. Uh, yeah, it's Baker Mayfield, uh, Brown's quarterback. Um, Baker just had an awful week. He was running all over the pocket. Um, the Steelers were rushing with three men. Baker couldn't get anything going. Um, there was a point in the first quarter where he started out like 0 for 5, 0 for 4, and he had already taken like two sacks. And it wasn't until late in the second quarter where he got his only score of the game. Um, it was a really bad week for Baker, but we'll get more into that um, in our – ladder of the podcast so yeah uh yeah definitely not a good week for for baker mayfield browns have lost two games uh so far this season both have been afc north opponents both have been massive blowouts in which they're outplayed at almost yep. almost every single level uh <laughs> so yeah those were three letdown players of the league marquis brown mark andrews and baker mayfield let's get into our news for the week we have a lot to cover because there were a lot a lot of injuries uh this mm -hmm. past weekend uh first off uh, joe mixon who suffered a foot injury in their game who they play? I don't know. They, I forgot who they played. Uh, they played the Colts and blew a twenty-one to O lead. 
Yes. Yeah, 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 don't pull me. <laughs> yes, they did. Don't yes, uh, Joe either. Mixon suffered a foot injury in the first half of that game, had to come out. He was questionable return. <laughs> Questionable to return. Uh, did come back later on the fourth, but that is something to um, monitor. Uh, Lane Johnson uh, returned to practice today. He's been dealing with a nagging uh, I think ankle injury, I think, something like that. Oh, ankle. Left him out this week. Yeah, uh, it was an something, ankle. Something on, yeah, <laughs> something on the lower body. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he, he returned to practice today. He's been dealing with that all season long. He has missed games, might, might have been. Kind of ineffective because of that, but it's still uh, going strong. He was back at practice uh, today. Uh, another uh, former sooner lineman uh, got injured uh, last night. Uh, Buffalo Bills lineman uh, Cody Ford suffered what is looking like an uh, what looked like an MCL injury, looked like a knee injury to what's yeah. to what is uh, being reported. I I do not think he uh, returned um, in that game, so that is also something to monitor. More news on that uh, will come. Uh, Sterling Shepard. Giants wide receiver returned to practice today after suffering a turf toe, I think in week two, missed a couple weeks. He returned to practice today. Unclear whether he'll play uh, Thursday night against Lane Johnson and the Eagles, but he's he returned to practice, might be uh, back full swing uh, coming soon. Uh, one more injury to talk about. We uh, Baker Mayfield, of course, uh, suffered a ribs injury last week, dealt with that injury uh, this, this week again against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was taken out. Uh, of the game against the Steelers in the around the, the fourth quarter, probably probably because of his bad performance, but also because of the injury worry that the Browns had uh, towards Baker Mayfield. Um, he was limited in practice to, to today, and he will return to practice um, Wednesday, so tomorrow. So Baker will be back in practice, all set to play uh, against uh, Joe Mixon and State Bengals uh, this coming uh, Sunday. Um, one more piece of news to talk about uh, that is not injury-related. Uh, Pardell Motley. Uh, former Buccaneers corner now plays for the San Francisco 49ers. He has cleared uh, uh, COVID-19 protocols and, er and everything like that. He is officially cleared to, to suit for the 49ers and play. He'll probably be on the field this coming Sunday um, against mm. who, who they play on. Sure uh, we faced the New England Patriots, or not we, they. Oh, yes, the Patriots. Yes, he'll be on the field against uh, the New England Patriots. So that is all our news for the week. We had a lot to cover. Uh, let's go into uh, quarterback talk real quick. Um, not real quick. We're going to probably spend most podcasts talking about them. Uh, let's talk about uh, – we'll talk about the guy who played on Sunday, and then we'll talk about the guy who played on Monday. We're going to go to Baker Mayfield first. Uh, Ten – 10 completions on 18 attempts, 119 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions. Again, like we discussed, not a good week for Baker Mayfield. Did he get exposed this week against the Steelers, or is this or is this just a setback against a very good Steelers defense? Um, I'll jump in on this one first. Uh, I definitely think that it was a combination of two things. Um, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the best defensive units in the NFL, if not the best defensive unit. Um, their defensive line reminds me of the 49ers last year. They have terrific edge rushers, really good defensive tackles. Um, TJ Watt, Joe Dupree, um, the other guy on the edge, I don't know his name, really solid. Um, and when you're rushing three men and you're getting in the backfield as many times as the Pittsburgh Steelers are, um, that, that's a testament to how good your D-line is. And really looking at that and the amount of sacks that the Browns offensive line game up that paired with Baker's rib injury. Um, I just think there was nothing that he could have done. Um, he was running around in the backfield the whole entire game. Um, nobody was really getting open. And every time somebody got open, Baker was on his butt. 
Like literally he was on his butt because he had either got sacked or he had to throw the ball away. And, um, and that really shows with his two interceptions. Um, I think the, the pick six, he had to roll out to the right um, because um, he had TJ Watt or Joe Dupree or one of them coming off the edge and he threw a pick. It was a bad, he probably should have just thrown the ball away, but it was a bad interception. He was trying to make a play, um, which he shouldn't have. Uh, but honestly, I think it was a combination of his rib injury. And the more he was getting hit, the more that just got hampered. That's why he got pulled out uh, late in the third. And I just don't think we can blame Baker for this performance, honestly. I feel vindicated, kind of. Um, <laughs> I know a couple of weeks ago I talked about how Baker didn't really deserve much of – I talk about how he deserves some credit, but not all of it for the Browns' uh, success. And um, I feel like he did have a pretty subpar performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It went from the beginning of the game to the very end. Of course, his O-line didn't really do him that much favors. That's why he re-aggravated his rib injury. But there was a lot more that Baker Mayfield could have done in terms of decision-making and accuracy. That first interception to – basically right he threw it right to a Pittsburgh Steelers defender I have no idea what he saw there double coverage the entire way and of course ended up in a pick six you can't do that against a safety like Nick Fitzpatrick and expect that throw to work and it probably wouldn't have even worked anyway even if Fitzpatrick wasn't there to uh, make double coverage what he saw in that in the interception I just he didn't really do a good job of I guess just setting the tone I mean I feel like this loss is kind of on Baker in a way I don't feel like I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's like what Jason said, where you can't blame it on Baker. Of course you can blame it on, on, on Baker. I mean, I, I feel like he was the main, not one of the main problems, but he was a, a problem against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I feel like he, he needs to do just a lot better in terms of, you know, just decision-making. He needs to calm down. He needs to, he needs to calm down. He can get riled up early, early in the game and, he, he, he played bad. I don't really know what, what, what um, else to say. So I guess it's easy to say that he played bad. Obviously he did that, right? Um, but there's multiple factors, just like I stated. Sorry, my dog's barking in the background. Um, that kind of went into the game. First, the Browns couldn't get their rushing attack going at all. And you could really tell that they missed a player like Nick Chubb because – Nick Chubb's kind of a power back and against the Steelers defense, you know, um, that has a lot of big guys, Nick Chubb would have been very valuable um, in this type of game, but they didn't have him. And Kareem Hunt wasn't really getting anything going either. Um, he got a few looks in the passing game, but other than that, he wasn't doing a, a good job, um, you know, getting um, looks on the running field. And the Browns offense is predicated on running the ball and then play action passing and they couldn't get any of that going. And when that happens, it forces Baker to drop back. And with that type of rushing ability that the Steelers have, um, it just forced Baker into a bad spot, and especially with an injury. Um, with all the factors against him, I just don't think that it's, it's comparable to uh, put that against him. Yeah, Jason, I completely agree with you on this one. Uh, the, we've talked about this both times of season where the Browns offense is built through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and you could tell that they were missing Nick Chubb in this game because Kareem Hunt couldn't do anything which relied Baker Mayfield who was already injured heading into this game to step back and try to throw the ball and against one of the best defenses in the league in Pittsburgh Steelers it didn't work uh, Definitely. now I think we also saw that Browns fans are some of the worst fans in the world at halftime they were all <laughs> calling for him to be benched and that he was garbage and 
just shows that the Browns can't appreciate when they have something. And they're four and one heading into this game, and they're still calling for a QB change. Just something that hasn't happened since 1994. And I think Baker, when he gets healthy, he can fix this. Um, it's just they just got to rely more on the run game. And we saw this in Week One. Pittsburgh shut down Saquon Barkley. They know how to stop the run. That's their strong suit. And they needed a healthy quarterback in that game, and Baker wasn't going to supply that. Yeah. Yeah. Back to what Jason said, talking about how the Browns' offense kind of revolves around Nick Chubb. I was talking about a couple weeks ago how Baker Mayfield can't succeed without the enormous talent around him. And without some of that talent, like Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield begins to falter. This is why I said that he does not deserve most of the credit for the Browns' successes. is because it's because of the talent surrounding that team. And when some of that talent isn't there, the Browns and Baker Mayfield do stuff like this. They lose by 31 points in a divisional matchup that they needed to play. This is and this is why I, I said all of that. Baker Mayfield cannot win on his own. You you could take out OBJ. You could take out Jarvis Landry. You could take out Austin Hooper. You could take out all of those guys and replace them with just average guys. And Baker would be probably one of probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And I know, again, I know I'm up here in Norman. This it's, I know it's like forbidden language to talk bad about Norman. Again, the 11th commandment, thou shalt not speak ill of Baker Mayfield. I know it's something that I can't violate up here in Norman. I know not many people want to hear it. But – Baker Mayfield can't succeed without just a talent around him. Like I said, he's a game manager. He can't he he, he can't do it without talent without without the talent around him. And I feel like he got exposed this week without Nick Chubb and without the talent playing to, to their ability. I don't feel what? like I feel like Baker just can't win without that. So so I also mentioned on a podcast a couple weeks ago that we shouldn't go after Baker for going and moving into this you know, a game manager role. Um, you know, s- too often we've criticized Baker for throwing so many picks, trying to force too much. Um, and when he finally manages the game and starts winning games for the Browns, doing exactly what he needs to do, then we start criticizing him for not making enough plays. Um, I just think that's not fair. I, I don't think that's fair to Baker. And, and, another, and another thing, um, going back to the Steelers' defense, um, the Steelers have the kind of prototype defense that the 49ers ran last year. Um, lots of cover two zone, um, and you just rush with your all your really good edge rushers and defensive tackles. And honestly, the Steelers have an even better version of that. When they're able to rush three guys with that good of an offensive line and able to play cover two defense, um, it just shows that – I mean, it showed against Baker, and obviously the – the Steelers are 5-0 and for a reason. And I'm sure as the Steelers face more quarterbacks, we're going to notice that, you know, uh, this prototype of a defense where you just load up your defensive line and you play zone, that's the way to win against good quarterbacks. And, and the way the 49ers played defense last year, the way the Browns – or not the Browns, the Steelers are playing defense this year, every single quarterback is going to struggle against them unless you're Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. And those are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I don't think it's fair to blame Baker when you're facing a defense that good. It Especially is when he's under that way. Especially and, and when he's was in the double coverage like that. I feel, I feel like, like I said, we want him to be more of a game manager. He wasn't trying to be a game manager. He tried to thread balls in tight spaces. He tried to be, he, he tried to make plays that he obviously wasn't going to make. And well, that's, he had to. That's the he, 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 he had tried to. to do too much. Why? He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He. I mean, I mean, if he's he, been winning he's, without he's, trying to make those plays, and he tried to do that this week, and look what happened. He's either gonna throw the ball away, and it's gonna be fourth or ten. 
or he's going to take a sack and it's going to be like fourth and 24 over and over again. So what did, what could Baker do? The, the Kareem still, Hunt wasn't. certainly doesn't have to throw in a very tight double coverage. That's there was no one else open. Like I said, that, that that's the so point. So you throw an interception, you throw a pick six and get points to the defense. What is that? I, I mean, that definitely wasn't the best throw, but I kudos to Baker no, for at least really? trying to make a play. Kudos to Baker for at least kudos trying to, to make a play. Kudos to Baker for even oh trying to play yeah, with his radio. Yeah, let's give props to Baker Mayfield for throwing the pick six on the first drive. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said props to him for oh, at least trying to make a play. Y'all said kudos Mama to Baker Mayfield. You said kudos to Baker Mayfield for trying to make there. a play on an impossible throw. There was no way that that, that throw was going to be completed. Nick, Nick. It's okay. We know you're upset about the Cowboys losing, and you're just taking it out on Baker. No, you're deflecting. You know you've lost lost the argument, so you're deflecting. No. No. Baker gets a pass because of his injury. All right, let's move to Kyler. Okay, let's move to Kyler. Let's move (laughs) to the Cowboys. That's definitely not a pass. Okay, let's move on to Kyler Murray. Yes, let's move on to Kyler Murray. Let's talk about Kyler Murray being the Cowboys. You know what? Let's. Okay, so Kyler Murray, again, 9 for 24 passing, 188 yards, two touchdowns, 10 rush. 75 rushes, rushing yards on 10 carries and a rushing touchdown. Uh, Kyler really didn't have to do much in the air. Of course, he threw that long touchdown, but he only completed nine passes. Um, he leaned a lot on his running ability. Will we see a lot of that in the future? Uh, will Kyler lean on his running ability more than he does his passing game? I think so, especially with the type of throws that he's been making the past couple of weeks. Um, like in the beginning of the first half, uh, Baker, not Baker, Kyler missed Andy Isabella so many times and he missed Hopkins so many times. Like the amount of overthrows that Kyler had this week, um, if, if he's not able to throw, then what else can he do? He has to run, you know? And I mean, he's, he's already been the leading rusher uh, minus this blip game from Kenyon Drake uh, for the Cardinals. So like, I guess that that's just going to go up more if he just can't pass the ball. I mean, that that's the, conclusion that i would make i mean nine for 24 is quite awful yeah kyler has some accuracy issues which we saw last night i even saw a couple of memes come out that he was the discount lamar jackson heading out of this game um he's got the speed we knew that coming out of it um but yeah he's got to fix some accuracy issues i know he had the 80 yard touchdown and he finished with a good game but baker mayfield completed more passes than him this week and that shouldn't be the case um Baker had a better completion percentage than him yeah. this week. And, and, <laughs> and Baker we're, played awful. Yeah, and we're getting on Baker for that when, I mean, not, 10 for 18 and 9 for 24, those are kind of close. But still, it's it's quite awful. It's quite yeah, awful. but stats don't really tell the entire story. Of course, you can look at Kyler going 9 for 24 and be like, oh, he's awful. He didn't really have to do too well, much. Yeah. But he, he, he made other plays. He did what he needed to do. Kyler Murray beat the Dallas Cowboys through running the football and running around. Obviously, yes. I, obviously, I was saying – I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I can't, I couldn't imagine what, what the type of space that the Dallas Cowboys defense would give Kyler Murray. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. He had acres of space to run around and – do whatever he wanted. Jalen Smith is usually the QB spy guy for the Dallas Cowboys. He could not contain Kyler Murray at all. I mean, 75 rushing guards on 10 carries and a touchdown. That's how he beat yep. the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, he mm-hmm. he had that long, long touchdown on some blown coverage for the Cowboys. That's how he, how he beat him, too. Of course, he's got some accuracy problems, and of course, we could talk about that. But he didn't really need to throw the ball to, to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And you don't really need to. The Cowboys' run defense is awful. And you don't really need to beat them by throwing the ball. You can beat them by running, which is exactly what Kyler Murray did. That's exactly what the Cardinals recognized. And they had 
Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake, more, more Murray than others, run the football around. That's exactly the, and that's exactly what happened. I don't think we'll see a lot of this more. I do feel like he will get in some situations where Kyler Murray will have to pass the ball. Obviously, he didn't have to. He didn't have to do this this week because again, Cowboys run defense probably worse in the league. But yeah, I feel like he leaned more on his running ability game because he had to pass. Obviously, like I said, he'll have to pass more, especially in a game coming against the Seahawks. But um, yeah, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think we'll see him lean on him more. I just feel like every game is a different situation, and this was one situation where all he had to do was run to win. Yep, I, I think that um, uh, the one thing that's saving Kyler, especially um, with his running ability, is his slide. I know that that's been trending on Twitter a lot lately because everyone's like, why does he slide so well? And somebody like quote retweeted it and said, he played baseball. baseball. Um, But I mean, with, I mean, his running ability compared or not compared coupled with his sliding ability, um, it makes him really dangerous because like if, you know, he can give himself up at any time and, you know, say like next week you face a really aggressive safety, like Jamal Adams or a really good linebacker, like Bobby Wagner, who like to hit people they go in for a hit and he's sliding within like two seconds of running the ball. That's a 15 yard penalty, you know, possibly an ejection if you uh, hit him in an area that, you know, isn't good. So I don't know. I, I think definitely running more would help to his ability just because uh, kind of like in basketball, I guess he's going to draw penalties, I guess. I don't know, but um, I, I definitely think Kyler has that ability just because he's such a good slider. He's got the smoothest slide out of any of the quarterbacks. That's oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Joe, I mean, <laughs> you look at other quarterbacks around the league. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Russell Wilson played baseball, but his isn't even... I mean, they're saying that usually they bring in somebody to keep, teach a QB how to slide, and they have Kyler Murray out there teaching other people how to slide on the team. <laughs> yeah. that, that just shows you right there how good of a slider he is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's uh, enough quarterbacks. Uh, we talked a lot about the quarterbacks, especially Baker Mayfield. We'll go to the our uh, former Sooners on the Baltimore Ravens, uh, specifically Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Uh, of course, they were our letdown players of the week alongside Baker. They struggled. Of course, um, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews had zero catches, both of them, uh, at halftime. Brown ended with four catches. Andrews ended with two catches. Ravens did pull out the win, but it was not, it was not thanks to them. Uh, why do you think they, they, they struggled? We talk about this every single week. Can they keep it up, up, up the consistency? Why can't they do that? Why do you think, do you think they struggle? It's because Lamar Jackson's been so-so this year. He's not his yep. MVP self that he was last year. Um, they're relying more on the run game this year than they are the passing game, which is what you have to do with Lamar Jackson because same thing with Kyler. He's got accuracy issues. He's going to miss some throws. He's going to throw some incomplete passes, and usually those are two, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, because those are his two yeah. main targets. Um, they've also hasn't helped him with a couple of drops the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. That's got to improve on their eyes. But, uh, yeah, if, if they start catching the ball and Lamar can fix his accuracy issues, they'll start going. Uh, because that offense is really good, but their defense is what's carrying them right now. I mean, the Ravens yep. have a good record because of their defense. Definitely. It's not their offense. Yep. I mean, I say I, this every every single week with, with Marquise Brown. I'm kind of getting tired of saying that if he wants to be a number <laughs> one receiver, he's got to step it up and be a little bit more productive. Obviously, like you said, Lamar Jackson accuracy issues have been kind of iffy, and obviously it's not on him. You can't be – you can't be in the conversation for being an elite receiver in this league and end up with zero catches at halftime against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. A team that is currently <laughs> what they only have one win on the season, one tie, whatever their record is, they're terrible. You can't you, you 
you can't do that. You can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know who the Eagles' corner well, is because they don't really have any good corners. They have Darius Slay. Brown, you were catching against Darius very Slay bad. Slay. Yeah. Well, is Darius Slay, Slay like, injured? I don't know. Like the I uh, know he did play. Like he did play. Guys on injured reserve. So Darius Slay is overrated. <sighs> Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, um, I, don't, I really don't know what to say. I mean, Mark Andrews has been trying to get in the conversation for being one of the best tight ends in the league. He can't end up with zero catches at halftime either. I mean, he's got to be yeah. – they both have to be more consistent. I mean, I feel like the Ravens' offense just has to be more consistent as well. But, and, but I feel like Brown yeah. Andrews is a big part of that. Yeah, I definitely – I think we could say one thing. The Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown love donuts because that's all they had this week, straight donuts. <laughs> zeros um but minus minus the jokes um i've i've done some just like i've just watched ravens tape uh i watched it for like a day because i was trying to figure out like what is wrong with the ravens offense and in watching it like their offense varies um in in schematics so differently every week like this week it was it was heavy running with lamar jackson and that was because he can't throw um, the week before, they were really getting Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews involved. Um, it was kind of like almost a vertical threat offense. And then, you know, it's just been like flipping a coin at one point. And I honestly don't know. I guess you can pin the blame on Lamar Jackson just because maybe that's a reflection of his inconsistencies, just because the offense uh, bleeds uh, Lamar Jackson. They live or die by him, basically. And if he's not going, then Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews are not going. And that's been reflected on his passing ability. But, I mean, zero catches, zero yards for both players. Like, my goodness, my goodness. Like, they have to at least, like, one pass. Like, one. Like, at least one. You know? It's it's like in Call of Duty, whenever you drop a donut in the S&D lobby and everyone's just making fun of you. Like, you know, like they say, well, he could have at least had a breadstick. And that, that's like one, like they, they couldn't do one thing. And I just, I don't know. I don't know at this point. Um, I'm done putting faith in Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. I'm done expecting them to be elite week, week in and week out. Um, obviously this Ravens offense is not what it was last year. Um, that's been reflected. You know, they may be five and one. Um, it's just, it's just not the same dangerous team. Um, and, you know, maybe the, I, you know, I guess the clear point would be to conclude that Lamar Jackson has not been as good, like Tyler said, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I really, I don't, really know. don't know what to say. I, I, I don't really think I can make any excuses for them anymore. The only thing yeah, I can like, think is, is if the, the way that they got going last year was Lamar Jackson faced two bad defenses out of the gate, and he threw for mm-hmm. 400 yards on both those defenses. If yeah. they can play a defense where Lamar can get comfortable enough to throw it, maybe it gives him some confidence to throw for the rest of the year like he had last year. That's well, yeah. the only thing I've got right now. And and the Ravens also did like this weird like uh like read option play action thing last year where like Lamar would like fake a run and then Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown would be wide open down the field because you know defenses would key in on Lamar Jackson so much. And maybe they just need to get back to that. Maybe like a, a read option, play action type thing. Um, I, I don't know really how to explain it because it was just such a weird prototype offense. I think you guys are, know what I'm talking about. It's the run pass option. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah the, the run pass option. That's yeah. Um, the yeah. Ravens did a lot of that last year. And I, I don't know if they've gotten away with it, gotten away with, gotten away from it. Um, but I just – you know, I, I don't expect much out of Marquise Brown. Like, I'm lowering my expectations, so that way if they do something good, then, you know, I'll be excited. But that that's basically all I have to say. 
Well, no talk about them struggling. They'll at some point hopefully get it together, but maybe maybe yeah. they will, maybe they won't. Who knows? Uh, let's yeah. go on to player of the week now. Um, I think there's really only one answer for this. Um, only one guy really did halfway decent. Well, I'm going top. with someone different. Yep. Who are you going with, Tyler? I am going with the defensive tackle from the Arizona Cardinals and Jordan Phillips, who had the fumble recovery <laughs> and a forced fumble. Jordan Phillips. He was a big part of both those fumbles. He had the the forced fumble on the second one, and he recovered the first one. So I'm going to give him that one because he he played a part in both those fumbles that Zeke had, um, and those were a big part of that game at the beginning because it could have been 14-7 at halftime, and Um, those fumbles kind of hurt. It's a good shout. Probably could have been 9 but just didn't. I'm going to go with with someone different this week too. Um, I'm going to go with Trent Williams. Um, and the main reason, no, 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 let me, let me explain. Let me explain. Of course you are. (laughs) Let me, let me explain. The Niners, the Niners, the past couple weeks have been giving up sack after sack after sack. Um, there was one game where Trent Williams, like he got blown by, by one of uh, the Eagles defensive ends. I didn't even know. And he gave up like two sacks. Um, and he didn't have a good week last week either. Um, he gave up no sacks and I, maybe it was a couple of pressures, but, um, he did a really good job of protecting Jimmy G this week. Um, Jimmy G wasn't hit a lot. Uh, maybe that's just because of Kyle Shanahan's uh, schematics, but, you know, a uh, really good job on Trent Williams and especially with a, a decent Rams defensive line that has Aaron Donald on. I know he wasn't directly like blocking Aaron Donald, but you know, good overall week for Trent Williams. I'll give that to him just because he had a massive recovery. So yeah, kudos. Yeah. Now uh, I think about Jordan Phillips could be, Player of the week, but obviously I kind of want to be. I kind of want to be a little different. I might sound casual. I'm going with Kyle Murray. I feel like just what he did against <laughs> what he did against oh, yeah. the Cowboys. He ran circles around that entire defense, and yeah. I feel like he 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 made the plays. He was the one main one doing the playmaking on that offense, and that's why I make him um, player of the week. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Phillips, uh, Trent Williams, and Kyle Murray. Those are our respective players of. The week we're gonna move on to next week's preview now we only not not a lot to talk about of course the ravens are on a buy so thank god we do not talk about marquis brown and mark andrews <laughs> i feel the same way we do not have to talk about them and their two catches per game so we can move on to other yeah. bigger and better things let's go move on to a guy who actually gets catches and yards for the game doesn't drop donuts yeah CD Lamb, his Cowboys uh, look bounce back against the Washington football team this Sunday. Uh, who do you think he's going to do, and who do you got? Do you want me to? Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, go I think go. the Washington football team sucks. Um, they've had three different yeah. quarterbacks in the past, like, I don't know, five weeks. Um, I like Yep. Um, Kyle Allen got a concussion last week, put Alex Smith in. <laughs> And then Kyle Allen right, we'll back this week. Talk about CD. Yeah. We got talk about CD. Yeah. Um, CD, I think he's going to have a big game. Um, Andy Dalton sucks. I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, but, I mean, at least CD can be a reliable target and, you know, beat this awful Washington defense. Um, I think he's going to have a good game. I'm expecting, like, five receptions, maybe, like, 90 yards, and maybe a touchdown if he gets lucky, if, if Andy Dalton can throw the ball. I, I say I say this way. Andy Dalton had like thirty or some completions. He can throw the ball. It's just sometimes he can't make good decisions. Not on not on that one. I mean, pattern. we're starting. Was... We have four backups on our own. We have four backups on our own line, so it's not completely his fault. Let's talk yeah. about CD. Um, I feel like that. Um, 
he's again 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 gonna have a pretty productive game. Obviously, he's a very reliable target, and that's what you need when you have a backup quarterback. Uh, he'll get maybe about seven or eight catches. He might get close to 80, 90, maybe 100 yards receiving. I think I think he'll definitely get get a touchdown. Uh, I know I say this every week because I'm way too optimistic. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to win. I think CD will be a big part of that as well. Uh, I think they win over the Washington football team. I think CD has a, no, uh, a normal game for him, his seven catches, 70 yards. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Washington on this one because I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust Washington, either one of these teams. That whole division's garbage, but uh, it's in Washington, so I'm going to give it to Washington. And In Washington, you do realize there's, like, no fans at all. I mean, it, they, Dallas still has to travel and go stay in a hotel. Washington could get – those players get to stay in their house. And the Washington actually has a solid D-line, and with the Cowboys with four backup linemen, Andy Dalton might be in a – for a hard day. Let's move on now to a running back that's not named Joe Mixon. Uh, Adrian Peterson and the Detroit Lions take on the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, pretty garbage game. No one's, no one's looking forward to it. But how do you think that – Adrian Peterson is going to do, and do you think his Lions come away with the win? Um, I think Adrian Peterson is slowly but surely taking the backseat to DeAndre Swift, um, kind of like we expected. Um, he was kind of a leader at the beginning of the season for these young backs, and uh, now, you know, with DeAndre Swift exploding um, like he did this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, I think that we're about to see a very diminished role for Adrian Peterson. He's not going to be, you know, getting like – 20 carries like he did in week one if I'm not mistaken that's how many he got um but I think he, you know he might have a touchdown they'll definitely use him in the red zone because he's still a power back he's still a guy that you know can get you uh you know five yards um but that that's it I'm just expecting a diminished role um I think the Lions who are the Lions facing again Falcons. Uh, the Falcons yeah I think the Lions will beat the Falcons uh the Falcons suck so yeah uh, yeah, I do feel like uh, – I feel like I was getting excited for Adrian Peterson, you know, because it was announced he was going to be the lead back. He's going to get a, get a lot of touches. And, of course, he only had about 30 or so yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, yeah. Of course, he had a touchdown, so he didn't have a, a super bad game. But I do feel like his – he had a pretty average game, so to say. Um, I do feel like uh, DeAndre Swift is starting to get his confidence back. The coaching staff is, is starting to trust him a little more. And I do feel like he's going to take, take a back seat to him, like um, Jason said. Of course, they'll use him more in the goal line situation. So he'll get his touchdown. Um, but you know, I don't feel like Andrew Pearson give me the focal point of that offense anymore, if he ever was the focal point of that offense. So, maybe focal point of the backfield, but he won't be that anymore. Um, I got the Falcons this week, honestly. Falcons are coming up a win. Um, Lions are trash. Falcons are trash, too. Time to flip a coin, really. But I got to win. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like you guys have said, uh, DeAndre Swift went off this week. Um, he's going to start taking over that role for Peterson. Uh, they went to Swift twice in red zone this week instead of Peterson after he got his touchdown. Um, and it looks like they're just going to trust uh, their second-round pick this year. And Peterson's going to start falling off for the Lions. He'll still be there as a good backup. Um, but it's, it's going to be the DeAndre Swift show. I'm going to go with the Lions to win because – they are a little bit better than the Falcons, and it's like the Falcons are trying to tank when they put Matt Ryan and Julio on the trade block today. Um, but we'll see what happens. Let's move on to now one of the senior quarterbacks. So we're going to go to Kyler Murray. He has a divisional matchup coming up against the Seattle Seahawks uh, this week. How do you think he does? Um, do you think his Cardinals come out from away with a uh, – with a win, it's a very important game for this week. I I don't think they win, but I think it's going to be uh, a shootout. 
Um, you know, obviously two very amazing quarterbacks, probably the two best quarterbacks in the NFC West, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Um, I, man, I'm really excited to watch this game. Uh, this is probably going to be the game of the week for me. Um, I, I think the Seahawks will end up winning it. Um, maybe if, you know, uh, Russell Wilson makes a mistake, which is very rare, um, the Cardinals can pull out something. But um, uh, I, I think it's going to be a bounce back week for Kyler's arm and his accuracy. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, high scoring game. Seattle's probably going to win by like two touchdowns, though. So, yeah. There are three undefeated teams in the NFL Seahawks, Titans, and Steelers. Uh, Times of Steelers, Steelers, one of them is going to fall this week. So, of course, they're playing each other. Uh, I do feel like there will be one remaining undefeated team, and it will not be the Seahawks because I feel like the, the Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like they're going to pull out the victory over the Seattle Seahawks this week. I feel like Kyler Murray is going to do enough. Seattle's defense isn't really the best. Of course, we all saw what Kyler Murray can do against a pretty bad defense um, against the Cowboys. Seahawks defense is a little bit better, but not really as better. And I feel like Kyler Murray and the Cardinals just have a lot of weapons. And I feel like Kyler Murray – and the Cardinals, they're going to surprise a lot of people. I feel like it will be a shootout. They're going to score a lot of points. Kyler Murray is going to make some really big plays. And I feel like he and this team, they're going to pull up the victory against the, the Seattle Seahawks and show, come out as a real, I guess, surprise contenders in the NFC. Uh, Kyler Murray's going to have his plays. Um, he's going to have his runs. He's going to have that. But I'm also expecting at least one or two interceptions from him. And it's going to lead to Russell Wilson capitalizing off those and getting the win for Seattle. Um, Russell Wilson's a better quarterback. He's going to outplay Kyler in this, and that's why he's the favorite to win MVP right now. All right. So two for Seahawks, one for Cardinals. I'm a little Cardinals supporting this. Let's move on to the other student quarterback. Um, Baker Mayfield on the Cleveland Browns, uh, a divisional matchup, second week in a row against uh, Joe Mixon. And Cincinnati Bengals, how do you think Baker Mayfield and Joe Mixon will do? And who wins that game in Cincinnati? Man, I think Baker, this is going to be a bounce back week. Um, Baker's going to make you eat your words, Nick. He's going to have like 300 yards, three touchdowns, maybe an interception. Um, He's going to have a really good game against a really bad Cincinnati Bengals team. Um, I think Joe Mixon, you know, if if he can stay healthy, maybe the same thing goes with Baker. Um, if he can stay healthy, he might have, you know, like a 70-yard, uh, 15 rush, you know, maybe a couple receptions type game. Nothing big. But I think the big game is going to come from Baker, especially with the media scrutiny that he fa- faced this week. Um, I think he's going to have a big game. Um, Browns are going to win huge, 45-20, uh, to 20, Baker being the MVP of next week. You kind of sound like Baker, Jason. I got <laughs> you. Like, oh, you think, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna prove the haters wrong this week. He's gonna make people eat his words. I'm gonna hey, like I'm gonna silence the doubters like, this week. Like, like in our sounder, like in our sounder. Um, what, what did he say again? Oh gosh, I really ruined that. Um, it was. I'm feeling. Hey, he'll, like, hey, he might not play good, but he'll be in ten commercials every single day. He'll be in like thousands <laughs> of. People. Thing. I've never seen an I've never seen an average player being that many commercials. So hey man, he's got to make money somehow. Respect the I, hustle. I, you don't put I don't why put average players in commercials though. That's my thing. His game like will depend, every five minutes. Uh, Baker will depend on if he's healthy heading into this game. When they played the Bengals in week two, it was a big uh, game for Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I kind of expect the same. Kareem Hunt's gonna run all over this Bengals defense. I'm gonna give the Browns the win. Um, it, especially Baker's healthy. If not, I think it's going to be a close game, but I still got the Browns winning. 
I do think uh, this will be a similar game to what they had in week two. I don't feel like the Browns are going to blow them out. Um, the Browns are not really good enough, good enough to blow out really anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel, but I do feel like Baker is going to have a, a good game. He did against the Bengals in week two, um, yep. probably because the Bengals are trash. But um, I do feel <laughs> like that Baker Mayfield is going to do well. He, he might get about twelve or so completion yep. maybe hundred eighty so passing yards. He'll throw maybe two touchdowns, maybe average game in performance really uh joe mixon he'll be okay maybe 60 or so rushing yards he'll get a couple catches won't do anything world beating uh but i am going to give this victory to the browns i think they'll win by maybe uh seven or three in between uh very bad baker mayfield Hulu commercials um baker mayfield is gonna baker mayfield and the browns they're gonna pull away with the one take our bounce back I, I before we end the podcast i think the one thing that i want to see the browns do this week with baker um, I want to see them ease him into the game plan. Like uh, they went out guns blazing this week against a really good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Let Baker get some confidence and feel comfortable in that offense, especially like with a rib injury, because like, I know um, with a rib injury, uh, you know, it kind of hinders your throwing ability. If they can just give Baker a couple of easy throws um, and get him eased in, I think that um, it'll enhance his performance in this game. Um, especially with so many playmakers around him. Um, but whether or not, if they do that or not, I still expect them to have a big game. Um, he's expected to be full go at practice on Wednesday. Um, but that's what I want to see Kevin Stefanski do with Baker. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right, and that will be it for this week's episode of the Sooners in NFL podcast. I'll make sure to follow us on Twitter at Sooners in the NFL and give us some pretty good ratings on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, which is the two ways you can listen to uh, to this podcast uh, oh, yeah. alongside and, and, and what and and interact with the twitter we if you guys think we're like stupid or something like let us know we love the twitter interaction so yeah all our individual twitter accounts too they're they're there yeah um yeah uh alongside jason and tyler i am nick coppola we will see you guys next week take care peace, peace. Thank you.